want to say thank you for tuning into this podcast, um, to this episode of Ambition, where we're talking um, life, culture, leadership, preaching, communication, a lot of different aspects on this episode. Um, without you guys, this podcast would not be running. Um, so with that being said, I do want to say thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening, for all the comments and the questions and the emails and everything that you guys do. You guys are awesome. Um, I want to introduce you to this guest. He is a brother. We've done life together. He's one of my best friends. I've known him for six years. He is, if I can be honest with you, he is somebody who I would, I'd bet on um, for a lot of different reasons. So I want to introduce to you my friend Daniel Talavera, amazing guy, the best guy you could ever meet. Um, with that being said, I do want to put a disclaimer um, on this podcast. As you will see, it is a FaceTime podcast due to COVID. Um, so I do want to um, thank you guys for your patience. If there are any interruptions in this podcast, I want to um, apologize for the quality and I want you to... Uh, I want to thank you guys for your patience. I love you guys, and I hope to see you soon. <clears throat> you know, for a second there, I thought you were going to red button me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought about it. <laughs> Daniel, my brother, welcome to the podcast. Oh, my God. I think this is our second retake. This is our second retake. The first one... I was recording, but only my audio came out. So we're going to talk about how I am a terrible podcast host. <laughs> yeah, wasted a whole hour of my life. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but it was like, I, I actually gleaned so much from that. So, you know, it was like, here, here's the thing, here's the thing. We always talk about how we need to record our conversations because of how legendary they are. We really do. You know. We talk to each other. We're like very, I feel like we're in a way we are extremely philosophical when we're around each other. It's like it's Aristotle and Socrates, you know, or Plato. They're all gathering together and it's like we have those deep and interesting yeah, conversations. No, most, most definitely. For all of our guests, um, for all of our guests, if anything cuts out i'm sorry this is the second episode of covid chronicles so i'm working off of my ipad yeah. mini and my uh hack book so <laughs> so please please forgive if there's any um I don't think your listeners know what that is so yeah <laughs> so a hack book is basically it's um it's my laptop i have a dell xps 15 and uh, my boy it's it's a very it's a very good laptop um, for a PC. It's been I've used it for three years. Went through uh, 
you know, a couple classes in college with it. I did a lot of photo editing on it. I think there was actually a video edited on this laptop before. Really good. But I had the bright idea with my boy. I was like, hey, would there ever be a way to turn this into a MacBook? And he's like, dude, say no more, fam. And he did it for me. So yeah. it was super Jose awesome. Jose, he's the mastermind. Yeah, we, we can name drop. We can, we can name drop Jose. We're trying to get him a job. Yeah. Dude, hey. He's um, a master producer. He's a master computer tech whiz, whatever you call it. That's a beast. Yeah, no, Jose is the brains behind everything. Like, if Jose was running the tech part of this podcast of COVID Chronicles, it'd be a lot better than what it is. But sadly, you guys are stuck with me. But <laughs> he is, seriously, everything what Daniel said and more, he's a producer. He has, um, he's a graphic designer. He's a photographer. He's a videographer. Hire him for your next event. Super awesome. I believe his website is lowsolutions.com. So feel free, we will have a link down below to his Instagram account and to his website. Without further ado, let me at least give you a proper introduction, because I didn't give you one. Without further ado, I want to welcome my brother, my best friend. I love this guy. I've known you for, I believe, I believe, I could be wrong, I believe five years, at least. At least five or six. Five or six. Right um, five I, think, or six. I think we met at Bible College. Um, and I was wearing extremely tiny pants, and you, on the other hand, were very modest. <laughs> I'm modest. <laughs> to say the I'm least. I'm modest. I'm modest, because you know. people always said something like, oh, are you sure it's too tight? I was like, well, I'm skinny, and I have muscles, so I just, <laughs> I I just want to better. <laughs> I want to welcome um, to our guest, I want to welcome to this podcast, my brother, my best friend, uh, Daniel Talavera. He is a fellow leader. He, uh, Him and I have done ministry together. We've, we're doing life together. You know, um, you're gonna be joining the Marines soon, so you're gonna add that to already your long list of accolades on your resume. So, Daniel, thanks for coming on the podcast, man. It means a lot. <laughs> what happened? Oh, you lost me. Oh, basically, I just bragged about you. So, uh, thank uh, you for coming on. Do but, well, I mean, what good does that do me? If, you know, I can't hear it. You know? It prevents you from getting a fatter head than what you already have. <laughs> <laughs> Daniel, you and I, we have done ministry together um, for a short time in our relationship, in our friendship. We've done, um, we, you've been a part of projects that I've done. You're currently doing, um, not necessarily a public project, but a private one, you know, for yourself, you know, that way you can express who you are, where you're at currently in life. You and I have been around each other, um, for a while in different arenas of our life and in different seasons of our life. But one of the biggest things that you and I, <clears throat> excuse me, COVID Chronicles, it is real. <laughs> All right. But you and I have been around each other in different seasons of our lives. And one of the biggest things that we've connected on as a whole is leadership, is honesty, is transparency, vulnerability with each other in different aspects of our life. What I wanted to talk to you about mainly is because you and I, we, we've had this role in our lives as being young ministers or young servant leaders in different seasons of our life. And I wanted to really bring that to light as far as how um, 
what it actually looks like behind the scenes when nobody's looking, when nobody sees you on stage, when nobody sees you knocking people over and putting a modesty cloth over them after you got done praying for them. Hopefully it was a spirit and not your bad breath, <laughs> you know. <laughs> Has that, okay? Let me stop really quick. Has that ever happened to you where you were like, "Crap, I don't have gum, or and I don't have mints, but I need to pray for this person." Has that ever happened to you? And you're like all up in their face, all up in the grill. Does that, does that ever happen to you? Yeah, I mean, I used, I used to drink a lot of coffee, so or Red Bull. I used, yeah, I used to. Uh, we had this old youth that he would live off Red Bulls, and it was ridiculous. So I started kind of taking that habit. So yeah, I found myself like, man, I just had like a Red Bull. I just scarfed down something during service, like yeah, I forgot, forgot to buy gum. <laughs> so this is what you do. You just, you just pray for them from a distance, and they'll cure you. Oh. They don't have to smell you. <laughs> The anointing is not in the breath, but <laughs> deliverance is in the breath. <laughs> no, no, just instead of laying, laying your hand on their forehead, just grab their arm or something and talk to them from the side. <laughs> from their ear, all right? The back part of their ear, not the front part, okay? <laughs> I have been... It's a different direction. <laughs> direction brings a deliverance, okay? we <laughs> Let's preach that. <laughs> I have. I remember. I seen this on Twitter one day. I seen this on Twitter. It was this young lady. She was tweeting, and she said, "I think I fake spoke in tongues one time because all the ministers were trying to get me to pray through to the Holy Ghost, but all their breath had microphone breath. <laughs> like I needed them off me." <laughs> I've been through so many of those stories. I remember, oh my God. Have you, have you, have you ever had an experience where um, you wanted, you really wanted someone to stop praying for you? You're like, ah, you know, kind of back up. I, I will be I will be hundred percent honest with you. I may lose Christian points after I say this. Um I was in a service I'm trying to get you to step on a landmine. <laughs> I yeah, I'm gonna step on it, I'm gonna dance on it too. It was awesome. So what happened was I was in a service um one day. I was in a service out of town and um this young man came over and he came to pray for me. And I known who he was. I knew, you know, what he was, you know, what he was doing. And this is going to be, I have to tell the whole story or else it won't make sense. So I was, um, I was in a relationship with this, uh, with this girl at the time. And she told me that he was trying to talk to her. Uh. So he comes over knowing who I am. And he comes and he prays for me. And I know who he is. So, so I take his hand off and I say, brother, with all due respect, no thank you. <laughs> I know, I know, I know what you, you're over here lurking. <clears throat> yeah, like you're trying to see if I'm actually saved or not. I don't know. Tell me why, all right, all right, all right. Tell me why I knew it was going to have something to do with a girl. <laughs> Now you're making me sound like a Romeo, no, man. No, no, Calm just, down. But what's hilarious? What's hilarious is like I've had one I've had one situation where I was like, I was like praying and I was getting, I was like really having like an intense moment with God, and someone came and prayed for me. I was like, leave me alone. <laughs> 
I have, like, I've been there, um, really, I think too often that I can count, um, to be honest with you, and, uh, it was, it was one of those things where, um, you have, how do I put it? I remember in, in particular, it wasn't necessarily with me, it was with a dear friend of mine, his name was Isaac, not your Isaac, <laughs> alright, but another friend of mine, his name was Isaac, awesome guy, and um, if it, hopefully he doesn't get mad at me for name dropping him, Jose cut that name out actually, that way it doesn't get me in trouble, but there was this one time in particular, we were um, in this conference, <clears throat> And if you've ever been prayed for by my father, I don't think you ever have, but if you've been prayed for by my father, my father has a scorpion tattoo on his hand. So what would happen is he would bend your head back. And people, after that, they seen a tattoo on his hand, they seen how he would pray for people, and they called him Scorpio because of that moment. So what would happen was, is nine times out of ten, one of two things are going to happen if, if my dad's praying for you. One... You're going to fall over or two, you're going to start dancing. One of the two things are going to happen. I kid you not. So this, so this friend of mine, um, he, uh, he gets prayed from by my dad and my dad knocks him over. All right. Modesty Claus slain the spirit whole nine yards. This other brother in Spanish, I can't quote it. I'm a white Mexican. Please forgive me. But in Spanish, this other minister comes over to my friend and he says, get up in the name of Jesus. Get up and worship God. Stand to your feet. Worship God. Five minutes later, my dad comes back over to him, prays for him, knocks him over. <laughs> Again, the other minister in Spanish comes back to my friend and said, Levantate, get up in the name of Jesus. Worship God. Said, this happens, I kid you not, this happens five times. <laughs> so so where he goes back to the pew, he's like, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of this. <laughs> oh, my God. So you and I, we've grown up around church. We've grown up yeah. in church. And we've been a part of ministry, at least, for, at, le at least for me. I've been a part of ministry for the better part of my life growing up. All right. Talk to me a little bit about you. You've been in ministry since high school or been around it since about high school correct what is yeah. it what is it like as a high school we're gonna go through college and stuff in a minute but what is it like in high school carrying the role of being involved in ministry did you feel any like huge pressure did you feel any huge awe did you ever get a fat head like i want to know like what is it like for you in high school what was that responsibility like <clears throat> so i think i it's funny. Yeah, you're probably right. I did have a bigger head than I should have. And I probably said a little more than I should have a few times because, uh, you know, when you're younger, you don't really have a lot of self-awareness. And, you know, even if, let's, let's say God gives you a word. Right. That doesn't necessarily, he wants you, doesn't necessarily mean he wants you to go say it. Oh, I want everybody to pause really quick. Pause, pause, pause. Tweet what you just said. My God. He Just because he gives you a word doesn't mean he wants you to go say it. That yeah. will save a lot of up-and-coming young ministers right now. Continue. Sorry. I had to do that because that was powerful. That was tweetable. 
Go ahead, continue. Or, I mean, even well, like let's let's <clears throat> go off that for a second. Like even even if you're meant to say the word he gave you, you like you still have to say it in love. You know? Yes. You yes. Still have to say it in love, and there's there's there's. I remember the first time I got um, I got the opportunity to do a, a five spot, and it went horribly. Wow. <laughs> Like, I, I basically said, I said something about you're going to hell, and I can't, it was like, I knew, I after the fact, I was like, I knew I didn't prepare properly. I didn't know how to prepare. You're for right. A message. I was just like, okay, God, like, yeah. <laughs> and, you know, my, my, I love my dad, but he's not a preacher. Yes. But he's, like, he's just, you know, great man, but not a preacher. Right, So right. He, he didn't really, he, you know, I never seen how to prepare for a message, so... <laughs> I just remember just saying something, and I said something about hell, and I was like, and I thought about it, you know, when I on my way home, and I was like, wow, that went really bad. I should not have said that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over here, fifteen. Yeah. <laughs> High school's that that time where you can learn a lot of those little little not little lessons they, they turn out to be, be big lessons you know down the road but it's where you can make those mistakes and still get up from them you know there's like people i mean certain relationships with other people you can bounce back from because i mean be, being involved in ministry at a young age and being a high schooler who wants to talk to uh trying to think of a pc way of saying it Trying to uh, experience Having, uh, the female gender. Yes. Yeah, there you go. You where I was going. You know, I had a lot. I had a lot of lessons to learn with that. And I remember I like completely shoved my foot right down my throat. <laughs> like, Look, as many down. preachers do, though, as many preachers. No, no, do. But I'm saying, yeah. But I mean, someone gave me. You know, and you heard this advice a lot. It's like, don't date someone in your church. Yeah. Don't. I mean, I see why it's so easy, too, and it can work out. Like, it really can. Yes. But if you mess up, she going to know all your business. Yeah. She going to know everything about you, and she's going to be around you. It's like, you can't leave. It's like, you're going to put other people around you in a weird position, but like you can't, you're not going to leave your church and most likely she's not going to leave her church over you. Mm -hmm. So there's always going to be this weird, uh, weird, icky kind of tension, you know? And so those are less, that's something I had to learn in high, you know, in high school being involved and how to, you know, manage that. And, you know, a lot of people, yeah, it's just, you learn, you learn a lot of little lessons like that. Mm, That I think that was one of, one of my biggest ones. I remember a lesson that you told me, um, it wasn't, I don't think it's like a big dramatic thing to call a lesson, but it was like advice. I think advice would be a better thing, which is your dad told you, um, an acronym. It was kiss, which means keep it simple, stupid. Mm -hmm. I kid you not. Now, you know, you saying that your father not being a preacher, first of all, he's a great man. And you know that you you said that earlier, you know, he's a great man. I love your dad. Your dad is so funny. He makes the best cup of coffee. (laughs) I promise you, your dad, tell your dad that he needs to open up a coffee shop. He's so good at it. I've never had better coffee than from his coffee. But when you told me that that's what your father had said, kiss, keep it simple, stupid. I kid you not. That changed the way I preached. Because... 
The biggest thing, especially for young speakers and communicators, we look at, you know, some of the greatest speakers. We look at people like T.D. Jakes, like Judas Smith. We look at people like Bishop Jeff Arnold. We look at people like Bishop T.F. Tenney. We look at people like Pastor Anthony Mangan, you know, our pastors. You know, we look at these different people. And we're like, oh, my God, I have to say some thought-provoking, you know, jaw-dropping, impactful, epic line that people are going to remember forever. And then what happens, okay, what happens is you start getting their sermons, and then you start taking excerpts from them and then put it in your own instead of getting the word for yourself in the name of trying to be deep. You know what lesson I've, I've kind of someone someone else taught me? Right. It is always preach to your crowd. You got to know your people, especially as a pastor. You have to know who you're speaking to, even as an evangelist. Like you want to find out what city you're going to, what kind of environment are you going to? The rich side? Are you going to the to the uh, not so fortunate side? Yeah. What kind of background is it? You know, like Stockton's an immigrant city. You're gonna have a whole bunch of different things. We're an urban kind of like blue collar, like come at me, bro type of city. We're like the best tacos ever though. I'm telling you right now. (laughs) But like that, we, we're, you know, you, you're going to, you're going to talk to someone. You're going to talk to a crowd from Stockton different than you're going to talk to them, to someone, to a crowd from, you know, Santa, Santa Cruz. Right. You know, so number one, you always want to make sure you cater your message, not cater your message, but make sure you have, have a message that's going to, relate to the people you're talking to number one number two is that like you can't you can't preach a because of the time message on a wednesday night bible study or a wednesday Powerful. night youth group <clears throat> you're freeing a lot I of people it. right now you're freeing a lot of no, people it's right like, now. i i love i love because of the times i love listening to landmark lindos all that stuff it's like great messages but when you're talking to like some 12 year olds or like high school age groups that, you know, you can, you kind of look at the crowd and you know, that like, especially for Pentecostals, you know, they really haven't been a, uh, they're not, you know, second, fourth generation, you know, Pentecostals. They're like first generation, you know, we just picked them off, you know, they just got off the bus, you know, right. You can't, you can't preach, you know, certain messages. And, and if, if you do, you have to make sure it's really l- relatable and you don't want to turn people off to that. Do you know what I'm saying? No, no, I totally, I totally, um, I'm totally with you on that. You know, mm-hmm. number one, for all of our guests who are paying attention right now, it is not January 9th, 9.41 a.m. My date and time, for whatever reason, is wrong. But <laughs> I don't know how that happened. All right. But number two, okay, um, segue there. But number two, now, a lot of people, especially when you're young, because when you're young in ministry, you make a lot of the mistakes that you're talking about, about yeah. trying to preach a ball a ballpark message. About trying to hit the ball out of the ballpark. Yeah. All right. And you, you're talking about knowing your crowd. The the most, um, the hardest thing for somebody to grab is the fact that you cannot tell somebody who does not have a business how to maintain their business. But you can teach them how to start one. And yeah. for somebody who's a business owner, you don't tell a well-developed one. You don't tell them how to start a business. They already know how to do that. You 
you give them tips on how to continue to maintain mm -hmm. it. Yeah. You cannot yeah. speak what you don't know, but you also can't speak to a crowd where they're not even in the vicinity. You're yeah. you're talking about how, you know, uh Kane slapped Abel with a rock. These people know that Tupac got shot. They don't know who Kane and Abel are. <laughs> All right. You know, yeah. I'm just, you know, they know yeah. about how to surf. Okay, they know how to surf or they know how to start a business, but they don't know that one of the greatest businessmen in biblical narrative is Jesus because, man, all he had to say was follow me, and he got followers of 5, 10, 15, yeah. 20,000 people. All right. So, you, you, know what, you know what that just reminded me of is that a lot of uh, preachers, especially in, in, in Pentecost, and uh, it's not... I, I, I understand why, but I think sometimes sometimes we focus too much on getting a reaction, you know, and it's like, as a preacher, your, your job shouldn't necessarily be to get a reaction. Right. It's, you want to help, you want to be able to help them, not just on a Wednesday or a Sunday, but you want to be able to help them on a Thursday. Give them a word that's going to help them on Friday, a word that's going to help them on Saturday and Sunday, which is like, how does, how does whatever you're preaching on, how does that help me in my day-to-day -day life with my, in my day-to-day -day relationship with God? Right. How can I use that? And one of, one of the best ways to do that is, is stories. Most, most people there, there's, uh, there's studies about how people communicate best. Mm -hmm. Some people are visual, some people are auditory, some people are, uh, you know, they like writing all the, all these different types of, some people need to touch and, and feel things for them to learn. So there's all these different learning mechanisms that we, as a preacher, you have to really pay attention to and realize that most people learn by seeing, right? not by listening. Like I like listening. That's, that's like my favorite thing. I'm like, but I'm, I'm weird that way. That's right. not the norm, you know? So one thing you always want to try doing is always use stories, mm -hmm. stories that you can picture what's going on because that, I mean, even Jesus taught in stories. Yes. He taught in parables that allowed people like when he's talking about you know the 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 prodigal son is the first one i can think of it's like i literally have an image of a kid like eating like in a pig pen and then i yes. have an image of a kid running to their dad and i have an image of what what that kind of farm thing looked like like you got you should always use stories object lessons no you're, you're totally right you're totally right one of the biggest things that I've looked at, um, at least in, because first of all, I wanna I wanna make a disclaimer. Number one, I'm not the best preacher. I'm not the best communicator. I've been preaching for ten years, all right. Um, but I am, yeah. I, I still have a lot, a lot to learn. Glory to God, I I have a lot to learn. All right. Yeah. Same goes. Same goes here. I'm not. <laughs> I'm not a preacher. I'm but, not a preacher. I just, I just, I just know how you you got to look into p how people study, and that that yes. goes even beyond. You know, we're talking about leadership. It's, yes. it's how to communicate is vital in leadership, and that correlates to to preaching and and being a pastor. Because knowing your people, knowing who you're speaking to, mm -hmm. and knowing how they learn is so important. My favorite thing to do. You talked about stories. I just don't always use any story you know sometimes i'll grab something off the news or whatever or you know if i read an article you know i think that's awesome but one of my favorite things to do 
at least for me, how I found it effective is to tell personal stories. Because there's something about not just grabbing a story, but something about being vulnerable in the moment, especially if it's a funny story. Be vulnerable in the moment of like, hey, look it, I was a dummy. How does this story, how does this metaphor segue into the gospel? One of my favorite things is to talk about how, um, I remember I preached this sermon, excuse me, on forgiveness. I don't need an apology. And how I have had... um, there were a couple cousins at my house, and they were wrestling around and um, got into a fight. <clears throat> and a couple of the cousins, we were all around, and we're like, hey, older one's going to win. No, the younger one's going to win. I mean, you know how it is at Thanksgiving. You got to grapple around once or twice, all right, or else it's not or Thanksgiving. Or 20s and be like, all right, this guy's going to win in 10 seconds. <laughs> Especially in big families, you know. So... So one, so one of us, I, I, I can't lie to you. It was not me. I was not the the holy one. It was another cousin of mine who decided we're adults. Okay, <laughs> we have to break the fight up. <laughs> so, so they broke the fight up, and they looked at you know they looked at the younger ones. They said, "All right, what are you gonna say? I'm sorry. What do you say? I forgive you. Okay, now what do you say? I'm sorry. What do you say? I forgive you. I kid you not. We all left the room. Five minutes later, those younger cousins." Those younger, co- our younger cousins who were just swinging for the fences, who were grabbing each other by the hair, who were fighting dirty, all right? They were going at it. It was like a UFC slash WWE fight. They were going in for the blood. Yeah. They were playing together like nothing happened. And then I passed by the room and I'm like, yo, y'all good? And they were like, yep. They popped the pee at yep, <laughs> you know, because they were everything was fine. Everything was dandy. Yeah. But... It's easy as a young kid to forgive. Mm-hmm. Isn't, it, isn't it funny that Jesus said you got to be like a child? You have to be childlike. It's easy for kids to forgive because it's just Play-Doh. It's just bricks. It's just toys. It's just army men. It's just a, it's just a video yeah. game. But when you get older, it's not, my, it's not my video game you broke. It's my trust you broke. Mm-hmm. It's not... It's not uh, uh uh it's not my toy that you stole. It's my virginity that you stole. Mm-hmm. It's not all these different things that you hurt, but you hurt my heart. You know that little story, as comical or interesting as it was, is a decent segue from. It's easy when you're five to forgive. It's a lot harder yeah. when you're fifteen. Yeah. And I feel when you can tell those stories. It's not just a thing of like, oh, I'm filling time. I have to, you know, fill, make my time on the meter. The pastor gave me 40 minutes to speak. I have to make the time. No, you're being vulnerable in the moment. You're being transparent in the moment. You're also cutting some of the tension, especially if you're a new speaker. You're cutting some of that tension because people are, if you're trying to fill the crowd out, guess what? The crowd is trying to fill you out. And leadership, it goes to the same way. It leadership as a leader, you're not just trying to fill out the people that you lead, but the people who you're leading are trying to fill you out as well. Yeah. Now, one of my biggest things that I've made a point um, to live by, especially in my relationships and my friendships, all right, I am big on honesty, all right? Mm -hmm. I am 235 pounds of sexy, all right? I am a big boy. Can we we edit that out? (laughs) Don't be jealous that I'm fine as wine and twice as sweet, baby. <laughs> you know, but, 
<laughs> but I, 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 I'm 235 pounds due to COVID. I lost a lot of weight. Glory to God. But I'm 235 pounds. I'm a big boy. I can handle honesty. Yeah. I can handle honesty. If you cannot be honest with me, you cannot lead me. And if you cannot be honest with me, then you can't be friend. You know, we can't be friends. I'm sorry. You could be an acquaintance. You could be someone yeah. I can say what's up to. But I, you know, in my inner circle and in my friends, you and I have built a relationship on honesty. Sometimes brutal honesty. You're laughing because you and I know how true this is. How yeah, honest people, people, we are. People, if they listened into some of our brutal, <laughs> honest conversations, they, yeah, yeah, they. They'd be terrified. They probably question like, how we're actually friends with each other. <laughs> it was. It was. If, 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 if you and I were brutally honest the way we are with each other to someone else, like we would destroy so many bridges. We would probably get a restraining order because we'd be considered mean or something. I don't know. You know. I want to hear your input because for me, honesty is such a huge deal. Yeah. It is such a huge deal. How has honesty in your uh, growing up experience from high school ministry to college uh, being, you know, involved in a round ministry in your college life? Right now, you're not currently necessarily involved in a positional leadership ministry, yeah. you know, labels. We'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah. um, how has honesty for you played a role in your style of leadership? Because you're one of the most honest people that I know. Why is it that you choose the honest route instead of the I'll placate to your emotions route or I'll placate to your feelings route? Mm-hmm. Well, like, like, like kind of like what we mentioned earlier, let's like preface the honesty conversation with if you're going to be honest, you got to do it with love. Yes. And that's the lesson I've had to work on, you know, is all right, let's, let's you can be honest. You can be straight up. But you got to do it with love. Yes. You can't, you can't just be brutally honest, especially if you don't have a relationship with someone. So the reason why I've always pushed to be honest is because to be a leader, you have to be a you have to have a true relationship with someone. Like right. there's a thing that goes. Uh, You you cut out you cut out really quick. I want them to grab this. You started at the saying. What's what was the saying? So the saying is you can't correct someone. Your audio cut out again. I promise you. Say it again. You can't correct what? <laughs> Sorry. Going to say it slower. <laughs> you can't correct someone. This is our relationship for everybody who's tuning in. That right there. I forgot people were listening. Okay. No, but real. you can't correct someone you don't have a relationship with powerful you can try to but you you kill people that way and, and i mean mm. kill people spiritually you can't <clears throat> have you can't lead someone you don't have a relationship with mm. and you can't have a relationship that isn't built on honesty especially in leadership because trust and believe they will know right they'll find you out it, okay so like one one thing one one philosophy I have about like uh, trying to gain information for leadership and involving it into the church is that you want to try to get information from other sources. You don't want to get the you don't want to stay in the church bubble necessarily. Right. So my big like I love listening to football leadership and mm-hmm. uh, Michael Lombardi. He's like been around football for all his life. A lot of oh, for been sure. a, great people. Al Davis, 
Bill Walsh and um, Belichick. Bill, Belichick. And it's like, <clears throat> they're like, and if you don't know sports, these are legends, absolute mm-hmm. legends in not only leadership, communication, but, uh, you know, legends in football, how, how they built teams, like crazy <clears throat> amount of knowledge, right? So one of his, one of his things is uh, he was talking about a coach and he was saying how he knew he wasn't going to succeed. And he, they just showed, they just played a, 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 a sound piece of him talking about him a couple years ago. And he was like, he, he's just trying to be someone else. He's not wow. being himself. Wow. He's trying, he's, try, he, he's like, I would have told him to get rid of the pencil and, and, the reason, okay, I'll tell you, I'll tell you why. Because he, this guy would wear a pencil on the, on his ear to copy Bill Belichick, right? And he had a he had a laminated play call sheet. Mm-hmm. Now, why you got a why you got a pencil on your ear with a laminated pencil with, with a laminated play sheet? And if he was willing to like mm-hmm. copy to that detail, you know, something from Bill. What else was he doing? He's copying everything, and it's like the players knew. So one His question I got, one, one question I got about that, because I just opened up a whole other door, which I want to walk yeah. into. <clears throat> people have said, I don't know who, so I'll leave it as an, uh, anonymous, but people have said, I think mm-hmm. it's what imitation is the greatest form of flattery. Yeah. When it comes to leadership, a lot of people have said that you'll start off as an echo before you find your own voice. So I think that's true to a certain extent. Exactly, I yeah. want to dive into that yeah. because I knew that you yeah. would have a certain extent, <laughs> you know, grab it into that. That's why I love you. I love you. All right, it's not a bad thing. Mm-hmm. When is it okay if I can say it this way, or not okay? I don't want to say okay. When, my goodness, when should you start diving into your own voice and not being an echo? I don't think you should. Ever necessarily be an echo whenever you whenever you take in information in life generally you always need to take it in dissect it and make it yours right like uh paul i think it was paul he's talking about i think he was writing in the church of corinth where it says you know hey i'm here's what i'm teaching you guys took what i taught and you guys looked in the scriptures and 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 double checked it and made sure everything i was saying was true it's kind of what we have to do with leadership because every leader has their their flaws and every leader has you know their strengths. You want to be able to take their strengths and leave their weaknesses and try mm. to build on the shoulders of greater men. Right. So you take you take whatever you take your way of of, of getting leadership and understanding uh, and pastors and all that stuff. Being around great people is always try to take what they have. Think about it. Understand what they're trying to do, and make it your own. Because you're, if you do that, you know you'll you you can take the good and bad from other leaders and make and, and become an even better leader. And I know <clears throat> if you have great leaders, they want you to be better. They don't sure. want you to take everything from from them because number one, you're going to seem inauthentic, and number two, you don't want to take on their weaknesses. Mm. So whenever 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 you're you're learning, you should always make it your own always make it your own because it's like the only way to prove that you you're you're actually thinking about things and and being a thoughtful person is to dissect it i love how you're saying that because for me when i started preaching when i started Mm -hmm. preaching 
I, I, I promise you, I kid you not, if you were to look back at to where I started when I was, um, my good, I actually started when I was uh, mm-hmm. 12, but officially, you know, started at 15. When I started yeah. at 15, um, or 14, I can't remember, no, 15, 15. When I started at 15, my goodness, you, if you looked at me, you would be able to pinpoint, depending on how far your reach and Pentecostal preachers are, you would be able to pinpoint, you sound like him, and him, and him, and him, and him. And I remember that story. <laughs> I would be telling other people's stories, because I didn't live enough. How much life have you yeah. lived by 15? Yeah. <clears throat> All right. Yeah. How much life have you lived by 15? But now... At twenty two. Do, do you think do you think that's because you're regurgitating information that you haven't experienced? And like now you can preach more your own message because you've actually digested like information and wisdom through like life experience. Yeah, I feel like in the beginning stages, um especially for young people who are ministering on, you know, platform mm-hmm. ministry, pulpit ministry, I feel like for a lot of us who started out or mainly you know, me specifically, is Ask me theology, I will answer everything. Mm-hmm. But if you ask me experience, it's hard for me to tell you because I'm 15. Yeah. Okay. I'm getting my, you know, my my mustache is barely coming in at 15. Or I actually need to shave this off soon. All right. But my mustache is coming in at 15. Okay. I don't even think I kissed a girl yet, you know, by 15, probably. I don't know. You know, but all these different, you know. The many okay, you've kissed twenty, let's, whatever, no, no, Daniel. No, 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 no. All right. No, no, no. The point like, is, let's not get into that. Let's not go there. What I'm saying is, at fifteen, can you really answer experience? So yeah, to answer your question, that's a long answer to say yes. I think you're regurgitating more of what you heard and less of what you know. But once you get to a certain stage, and even at twenty-two, you know, I you know, possibly can one day recycle some of the same stories. But at 22, you lived a lot more life than at 15. Mm-hmm. You've also learned how to segue into different stories instead of just mumbling and jumbling and mm-hmm. trying to go from John three sixteen for God so loved the world. I stubbed my toe. And that's why God loves you. Like, you yeah. know, your messages start to make sense, mm-hmm. you know, and I think that's where finding your voice actually comes into is because instead of just because what here's what I do now. What I do now is if I listen to a sermon, I'm not listening to a sermon to say something how they'll say. I listen to it, first of all, for content, obviously, so I can feed my own soul. Yeah, yeah. But I also listen to them, especially I love TED Talks because they taught me how to actually make my time. Okay. I've. I think I'm learning now that if you can't preach a 45-minute sermon in five minutes, you shouldn't be preaching it at all. You have to go study again. <clears throat> but I've learned through TED Talks, through some comedians, not all, because I don't watch a lot of comedy, but I, when I do sit down and listen to it, my favorite is Kevin Hart and, um, God, I can't remember the other one. We were just talking about him today, too. Um, oh, Dave Chappelle? Yeah. Yeah, he's somebody, I don't necessarily just listen to him for their content. I know I had just had like a lot of Christians just judge me right now, but I yeah. listen to them because they, they, comedians are some of the great, they are, I'll just go yeah. out on a limb and say they are the greatest communicators because you oh, can, yeah. you can oh, make yeah. a crowd, you can make a crowd cry, you can make a crowd laugh, 
you can make a crowd feel depressed. When you are a comedian, you have the power in your voice. And if you mess up once, once in a segue, in a transition, I don't care what it is. If you mess up one time, the whole show is over. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially like every if you pay attention to how they fin they're like the greatest finishers. Yes, yes. And and like you they 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 start off with a low key random story and you're like, where is he going with this? Hmm. And then you kinda see how it progresses and builds on each other as the as the <clears throat> as the, the, the show goes on and then he brings it up like clearly at the end and he's like, Alright, good night folks and you're like, Oh, that's really funny. Like, <laughs> yeah. That is, that is now, literally... now all the all the ten other stories you told, now it ties together. Because what you're doing that whole show, you're not just telling individual jokes. Yeah. You're telling jokes that are that are a part of a team of one big story. So now that we're, you know, we're diving into communication, I think we've spent a lot of this time on communication, which is awesome. I believe communication is a big part of it. I want, I want to transition a little bit, especially since we're winding down. Um, First of all, I want to say thank you for coming on again. We need to get you back when it's not COVID chronicles, Jesus Christ. So there's no, no risk of an audio failure. (laughs) Sorry, I forgive you this time. <laughs> yeah, next, when next time I, I expect I, I expect reimbursement for my time. You, you expect uh, you expect the red carpet, you know, glory. <laughs> no, um, we need to get you back on so we can have a longer discussion. Um, mm-hmm. But we've talked about communication. We've touched on a little bit about how honesty plays a huge role, and especially in building a foundation from a leader to. Um, somebody who's uh following your lead and then from somebody who's looking up to you as a leader you know honesty i remember god there's one movie called uh beyond uh beyond beyond the lights and then there's this person who's running for office and then there's a singer you know love interest whatever yeah and yeah i think i remember seeing the commercials for that movie i actually love the movie it was awesome but he tells he he tells this girl who he's in a relationship with because you know mm-hmm. the breakup, get back together, the usual storyline. Yeah. He said, "Truth needs to be the foundation of the relationship. If there is no truth, another word for honesty. If there is no truth, then there is no relationship." Mm. So, talk to me about now that you are you're not necessarily in this current season of your life. You're about to join the military, so you're not necessarily in positional leadership which John Maxwell has often made it clear positional leadership is the lowest form of leadership. Hmm. Talk to me about what it means now that you are living your life, you're joining the military, you are, I don't want to say, because you're not just a Christian, you're a Christian, as what you and I were talking about prior to this podcast. You're not just, uh, and I want you to dive into that too. But now that you're not in positional leadership, so to speak, Mm -hmm. How do you continue to live your life as a leader? Like as far as church or work, and now that you get to join in the military, how does that affect you? You know, the greatest ability is availability. The power. (laughs) (laughs) Most cliche thing ever, but it it still works. It still gets the job done. Yes. Oh, I, I focused on, you know, reaching out with my pastor and being like, okay, 
here's my skill list. Let me know when you're ready. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there, there's other other things that are going on with that. But I think the biggest thing that gets missed in, in uh, positional leadership is the relationships with people. Mm. And honestly, I think... you're cutting out one second you're cutting out before you before you continue uh you cut out at honestly i think honestly i think you know we don't pay enough attention to relationships in in positional leadership and we miss we sometimes we forget how important a call and a text are Mm -hmm. and one that isn't related to uh where were you on sunday oh I missed you on Sunday or the, Hey, we're having an event on Wednesday. You know, let's, 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 I I think we we as Christians need to, to realize that what keeps people in church. I don't know if I said this or this for but what keeps people in church is relationships Mm -hmm. and it's ministry to have a relationship with, with people. Right. And that's why like, you know, it doesn't matter if you get along with everyone in your church you gotta love everyone. Yes. And you gotta be, you gotta be friends. You, you, not not friends as in like you have to be loving and create a, a supportive atmosphere mm-hmm. that they want to come back. No matter what happens to them, no matter what kind of life they go, through, what kind of life situations they're in, you want to make sure that your church is one that is welcoming, loving, supportive, yes. because and forgiving, mm-hmm. and one that's not judgmental. <clears throat> you know. Right. It, you know, we've we've gotten into this a couple times where so many times. Uh, should I get into it? We can you know, we can dive in. We can we can dive in. We can dive in. We're on, we're on the we're on the closing scene. So let's go out on a let's go out on a bang. Okay, let's 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 not do that. Let's not go there. I want you guys to know that we just missed Savage Daniel by like two seconds. Okay. Yeah. But I, I want you though. I want you to entertain though. I want you to entertain the 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 concept because again, we're diving we're diving into I guess a new subcategory. I yeah. want you to dive into the importance of building relationships and not um and not destroying them because oh, church hurt church hurt is a real thing. Okay, church hurt is a real thing, and relationships are make or break, especially when you are involved in positional yeah. leadership. But yeah, yeah. Um, one thing, one thing that I've always tried to remember is God said, "Vengeance is mine," mm-hmm. and I'm not um, bold enough to try to take God's place and try to exact my own vengeance. Powerful. So uh, one thing, one thing, um, my pastor said that has stuck with me and i've done my best to try to live my life this way is always take the lower road and you know and i don't know why you thought i said bishops always take the lower road no just always take the lower road i remember when you first said it to me you first said it to me you and i were taking i think we were either moving something or we're taking out trash together and you said you were holding the door open and i promise you what i heard was bishops always take the lower road and i was like because for those of for those of our listeners who aren't um 
accustomed to church positions or titles or you know uh, a hierarchy if you want to call it that mm-hmm. um bishop is one of the if i want to if i can say it this way one of the higher positions within an organization you know you you have you know in in some church cultures it's, it goes, it's an elder it, it's yes. an elder a pastor of pastors an elder Yes, it's, it's it goes demanding, demanding respect. It but, goes deacon, it goes minister mm-hmm. in some church cultures, deacon, minister, pastor, um, mm-hmm. elder, and bishop. So when you're I talking about like level level five, level six, you're talking about like the higher ups, you know. Yeah, you're talking about the you're people about who big, like you're talking about like the real deal, you know. The bishops. The, the reason the reason why I I don't like saying bishops take a low road is because we're all supposed to. Yes. We're yes. all supposed to forgive. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we talked about this a, a little earlier in the podcast, and it's one of the least taught. Church right now is great. And too many times, you know, uh, too many times some people get the attitude of like, snap, snap, snap. You know, I'm a child of God. You ain't going through me like that. And mm-hmm. it's like, well, it's not your responsibility. It's it's God's responsibility to look out for you, and it's your responsibility to love people. Mm. It's God's responsibility to look out, but it's my responsibility to love. You need to write a book. You need to write a book very soon. <clears throat> I remember this phrase. <clears throat> it's God's job to judge. Mm-hmm. It's also... His Holy Spirit, it's His Spirit, it's, it's His job to convict. But it's yeah. my job to love. Yeah. It's my job to love. Yeah. I and, mean, how many, how, and, and we forget sometimes how many times we've been in a position that we've hurt people. Mm-hmm. And how God forgave us. And sometimes we want God to, to, to come down with like he, like heaven fire, you know send heaven like fire from heaven down and, and like incinerate someone mm-hmm. or you know you know in the old testament when when uh god has the the earth swallow someone up and their whole family and you're like god can't you do that to this one person and it's like no i didn't do that to you it's like don't worry about them <clears throat> it's like the uh the speck trying to take the speck out of you know your your friend's eye when you got a log in your own eye I remember this one evangelist whenever he was being funny. Oh no, yeah, no, for sure. Um, one of the uh, this this evangelist whenever he would be funny, he uh, you, you'll know who he is when I say this. He has a Batman voice. He would he would always say this whenever if someone were to cut him off in traffic, he would say "God kill," you know, or he would say "hand or fist," you know, <laughs> like you know. I remember because I got a, I got a picture in that in that that service actually where there's one person worshiping with an open hand and someone worshiping with a closed fist and I wanted to caption it so badly hands or fist God hands or fist I really wish you would that literally that would have like oh my God that just, only only we have only only people who are there would have gotten it. That, that was that's literally perfection in in the closing moments right now um there needs to be a part two in israel and daniel 
you know, uh, COVID Chronicle Part 2, which hopefully will happen soon. Don't know how soon. Hopefully but, it's not a COVID chronicle. <laughs> it'll be a, it'll be a, it'll be a real one soon, you know. Uh, I'm trying to get into studio, man. <laughs> I'm trying to get uh, COVID cleared. All right, but um, <clears throat> so in the last few moments, um, you're about to join the military. Okay, yeah. we've discussed that. You know, John Maxwell, the one of the greatest leaders, a leader of leaders, John Maxwell. In his, many of his books, he said positional leadership is the lowest form of leadership. All right. Mm-hmm. Literally, that analogy simply means your boss is your boss for eight hours, but then after those eight hours are over, yeah. deuces. Okay, so I, I think I think a good caveat to put in on that is positional leadership that's only based on position. Yes. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Because we can have a great positional leader, as in have someone in a great position and then be the greatest leader, but it's not because of the position. Like, if you have to tell someone, I'm your boss, you're not the boss. Mm. Or you might be the boss, but you're not a leader. And leaders get the job done no matter what, essentially. And bosses... They're just bosses. I want you to, in your closing moments, in your closing moments, I want you to... I want you to discuss, to close, discuss... Maybe even leave a cliffhanger for our next conversation. Mm-hmm. I want you to discuss how a leader, he is always, he is always leading by example. And he's not, I'm going to try to phrase this correctly. It's not, I've paid my dues, hmm. so now follow me. I'll just leave it, I'll leave it with this, and this <clears> is... <throat> We we think of leadership we think of leadership in the exact opposite ways Jesus taught us sometimes mm. because he said you know the first shall be last right the last shall be first and <clears throat> he showed us what a leader should be like mm-hmm. and Jesus God manifested in flesh mm. got on his knees and washed the feet of his disciples and this isn't just regular nasty you know feet of you know us humans today that you know we might just be stinky and sweaty this is literally you had human feces you had animal feces you had the dirt of, of all the things that they walked in because this isn't like modern day these feet were dirty dirty like these this is poop stained feet and God said, all right, I'm going to show you how, how you, what you're supposed to do. Yeah. And leadership is getting down on your knees in front of people who may have backstabbed you and people who might be talking dirty about you, people who might be hurting you and, and, and ruining your name. Or if you're a pastor, shoot, they might not be paying their tithe. Yeah. And you got to get down there. <clears throat> And you got to wash their feet and you got to serve. And one thing, one, this will really be the last thing I'll mention is one thing this, uh, I'll name drop him, but uh, brother, I'll say brother, Reverend Terry Shock, uh, he said something that, that resonated with me. And it was, it's not about you. 
Mm-hmm. And that's just, it's like, it's not about me. It's about Jesus. <clears throat> While you were saying all that stuff and I was listening and I almost cried twice. Yeah. I'm an emotional wreck, so for all of our listeners, if you grew up in a preacher's household, you would be too. <laughs> you know, but, um, but while you were saying all that, and you were talking about how Jesus washed the feet of his disciples, you know, it's crazy. Um, my, my pastor phrased it this way at the Last Supper. He said, Judas ate too. Mm. Judas, Judas, uh, he, he ate too. And um, and these the words of the apostle Paul rang rang uh, rang in my head, and that was, "Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, mm-hmm. though he was in the form of God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to." something to hold on to, as in, I'm God, you came and served me. But in the words of Jesus, Jesus said, I have come not that the Son of Man to be served, but that the Son of Man shall serve. Mm. It gets it gets you, man. I'm literally like... And, and, and you get you get flabbergasted by how much Jesus, the creator of the universe, cares about you. Yeah. And is... is <clears throat> Like, I think you and me talked about it, uh, talked about this earlier, and it's like, yeah, pray about that, because he cares. <laughs> and it's like a little, it's like a little minor thing, and it's like, yeah, it's frustrating you, but like, am I supposed to pray about this? Yeah, because he cares. If it's big enough to think about, it's big enough to pray about. Yep. It's like, don't, don't insult God thinking he's too big for your little problem. Hmm. Powerful. <laughs> Daniel, I want to say thank you so much for uh, jumping on this conversation with me. One of many that uh, we've had and that we will have. Um, for those of our listeners, this is generally um, kind of how our conversations go when we're in a very deep leadership spiritual mood. Um, but the first 10 minutes of the phone call is, uh, or of this conversation is generally how the conversation goes. Um, Daniel, I love you. We need to get you back on soon. Um, really, I mean that, um, I want to thank all of our guests and all of our listeners who have been faithfully listening to the podcast. Please do me a favor. Um, like heart this on Spotify, download this on Spotify helps us a lot. On iTunes, you can leave a rating and a review. Five stars. Only five stars. Five-star content. Especially this episode because we had a five-star guest by the name of Daniel Taylor Uh, on here. See, I I have to flirt with you at least once. (laughs) Don't don't use the word flirt. (laughs) Yeah, that was kind of creepy. I don't know why that came out. That was... Uh, we should end this now, huh? Um, all right, leave a rating, <laughs> leave a rating and review um, on iTunes, YouTube. Please um, comment, complain, question. We want all the smoke here on this podcast. Ambition, we love you. <laughs> yeah, you know, email me at dvarybest at gmail dot com. I'm kidding. <laughs> Hopefully, that's not your real email. <laughs> Um, but if it was, I mean, then... it might be my Snapchat. But... <laughs> Adam on tap. I'm just kidding. Um, but email us yeah. at um oh uh 
OGWSUOFG at gmail.com with all your questions. We I would love to answer those questions on the podcast. Um, I would not be here without any of our listeners. Yeah. Um, so for all of our listeners, our family, thank you for joining in on this conversation. These conversations happen only because of you. We love you. Um, please, uh, if you wish to, um, get some merch or to, um, uh, donate to this podcast because, um, equipment does tend to get a little expensive, (laughs) you know, feel free to go on our website at www.ourgodwillsaveus.com. We will have the socials down below for Daniel and for myself and for everybody who makes this production happen. Daniel, I love you, brother. And to our mission podcast, I will see you later. Peace. Peace.